Today we're starting a new five-week series called God in the Chaos. And we want to invite you and your family, your small group, maybe one-on-one -on -one with someone that you're discipling, to go through this entire series with us over these next five weeks. And in this first lesson, we're going to answer the question, where is God in the chaos? And here's what we're driving toward. Even in the midst of chaos, we should live with great expectation. God is present. God is here. And he's actively working for good. For today's lesson, we're going to look at the book of 1 Peter, and I encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along with me as we read. But let me set up a little bit of the context first. So Peter was writing to the church at a time where trial and suffering was on the increase. Does that sound familiar? For many of us who are dealing with the global pandemic, which is really all of us right now, we're at a time that is sort of unprecedented in history. We're not actually sure what's going on. We don't know what's going to happen next month, let alone next week. And there's a lot of anxiety out there. But I want to encourage you with these words from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, Now we live with great expectation. And then a little later in verse 6, he says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. As you read through the book of 1 Peter, and we're going to do a little bit of that in this first lesson, you'll notice that Peter has this incredible attitude toward the trial that the Christians are about to encounter. And he says that we should expect great things. Yes, we should expect suffering. Yes, we should expect trials in the weeks and the months ahead. And I think we can expect that too, church. But he says this, we can rejoice because God is present. And today we're going to look at three ways that God is here in the midst of our trials. First of all, God is here through his spirit. So that means we should expect to see God's power on display in a personal way. Back to 1 Peter in verse 2, he says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, the first thing I want you to notice is that the Trinity is present in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. It talks about God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son, Jesus Christ. But the second thing I want you to notice is how personal the language is. This passage is talking about you. God knew you. God chose you. The Spirit has made you holy. The point here is that the God of 1 Peter, who is the God of the Bible, who is the God of our church today, this God is a personal God. And if you've been asking the question, where is God in all of this? I want you to know the answer to that is he's right here and he cares about you. And he sees you. He's not disconnected. He's not aloof. This whole pandemic didn't take God by surprise. Here's the second thing. God is also here through his people. That means we can expect to be the church even when we can't go to church. In 2 Peter 2 verse 5, we read that you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. And then later on in verse 9, Peter says that you are a chosen people. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his light. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. 
Some of you are really struggling right now because you don't get to go to church and worship alongside your friends and family every week. And I know that's really hard, but I encourage you to read 1 Peter 2 once again and recognize that we are the church. And one of the ways that God wants to be on display in the midst of this pandemic is through us, through the church. Even though we can't gather together to worship, we can still be a light. We can still show this, the goodness of God, like it says in that passage, to the world around us. Here's the last thing we learn, that God is here through his word. Expect the good news to have the last word, no matter what the news brings tomorrow. I've probably watched more news conferences in the last couple of weeks than I have in many years combined. If you're anything like us, you're dialing in to see if maybe possibly you're going to finally hear some good news. Well, look at what Peter says, chapter 1, verse 24. He says, as the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Now that was a quote from Isaiah 40, but then he qualifies that Old Testament quote with this last statement. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. Romans 3.22 says it like this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. This is what we call the good news. You know, we have no guarantees about tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to get the virus. You don't know if you're going to get it. Even if we don't get it, we don't know how long we have on this earth. All of that stuff is really uncertain. But one thing is for sure. One thing is immovable. And it's that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And if you would put your faith in him, then you will be saved. I want to invite you to do just that. If you have a friend or a neighbor or a family member, and even as you're watching this video, I want to encourage you to use the resources down below this video and talk about putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Because even in the midst of chaos, we can live with great expectation. God is here and he's actively working for good.